Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the Greg Chapman Show. Uh, this is a show mainly meant for facilitators and trainers conducting workshops virtually or face-to-face -face on any kind of behavioral topic from leadership to self-awareness to high-performing teams, innovation, et al. The idea of this long-form conversation is to help fellow facilitators, fellow learners, uh, fellow designers, instructional designers, learn techniques, change mindsets, or bust many facilitation myths. Uh, even tips and tricks find their way into this show. And all of this from facilitators who are masters of their craft from across the world. So if you're starting off, or if you are well into the game, you'll find something here for you. Today's guest is Kinshuk, Kinshuk Podar. I hope I've got the pronunciation to that uh, right. Have I, Kinshuk? You have, you have. Perfect. And so, um, Kinshuk, I'm going to introduce my guest in a slightly different way, and I'm going to wind the hands of the clock back to 1989. I was in class six um, and studying up in the hills, and there was this organization that came to our school. It was known as Air One. And they came to our class and did some nice exercises on innovation and creativity. And ever since that day, um, the idea of innovation, creativity, and that organization kind of stuck with me. So why am I telling you this? Uh, because Skinshook uh, has been a facilitator with that, was a facilitator with that organization for quite some time. And he's facilitated quite a bit. Overall, he's got more than two decades of experience. Um, and he's been a facilitator for an awfully long time. Um, he has facilitated a lot on innovation, strategy, systems thinking, um, lots and lots of that kind of stuff. Uh, he also co-authors books, is a full-time writer, and he tells me on the side while preparing for this um, that he is writing a small screenplay for a movie. I think it's done. And uh, there's somebody who's interested in it also. He's got a buyer. so. Um, yeah, uh, a, a very big celebrity in the making. Mm. And, and Kinshuk and me actually go back a long time. He's been a good friend as well and happy to have him here on the show. So welcome to the show, Kinshuk. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Very generous of you. Yeah, it's been such a nice thing to be connecting after so many years. Yeah, we were about 15 years back. We used to work together. Yes, and 2003, 2004. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm so happy that, uh, you know, in this entire podcast universe, there's hardly any uh, dedicated facilitation podcasts. So mm. or probably I am not aware, but this is a fantastic beginning or a fantastic thing that you're doing. Yeah? Uh, many congratulations, I hope. You know, that, that's, a, I mean, this entire breed of facilitators per se is... Uh, by temperament, very reflective people, right? Very introspective people. So introvertish, if I, if you will. So it always helps to share, talk, listen with fellow facilitators. So in that regard, this is a great thing that you're doing. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Mm, fantastic. Thank you, Kinshuk. Uh, it's a separate breed. I agree with that. And there's a lot of reflection and. What I like to think, I'm sure it's true for other disciplines as well, other roles as well, but what I like to think is that if you've been in facilitation long enough, it changes you as a person for the better, but it changes you as a person, yeah. 
And with that, I'd like to segue into asking you, Kinshuk, how has facilitation changed you as a person? Sure, sure. So, you know, a quick context, uh, uh, like like you did mention, you know, Erwan, great, great uh, innovation consulting company. Uh, thereafter, I had some good amount of time in IBM with uh, Wipro, where I used to deliver leadership uh, sessions, uh, facilitate senior leadership. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've had the good privilege of uh, talking to groups uh, inside this country and outside. Uh, and what happens across so many number of years is you somehow uh, get a sense of a palpable sense of uh, this thirst for change. You know, when you meet these participants across geographies, across designations, across hierarchies, what is unmistakably felt is that almost everybody wants to change, change for the better. So, so you know, no matter what the naysayers may say, that uh, that there's a lot of resistance in the human system against change, that's not necessarily true. Uh, once we move past the barriers of the thought and the heart, you will find that almost everybody in us has this huge desire uh, to be better, stronger in mind and body. Yeah. Uh, so, so how does it? How has it changed me? Uh, is the first recognition uh, that uh, this business of change is one very complex. So it needs a certain degree of seriousness. Uh, uh, seriousness in your personal life and seriousness also in the kind of sessions that a person conducts. So um, because uh, change is nothing which happens overnight, right? So there's a fair admission which happens that uh, a person needs to go ahead and uh, apply uh, uh, himself to the very practices a person is talking about in the classes. So for me, for me, this entire facilitation has been a very serious dedication towards change. So it's just not only on the cosmetic level, it's something which is far more sustainable. There are aspects of how do you weave them into your daily practice. Uh, so this entire preparedness of of at times pain, at times struggle. Uh, so all of this as a commitment has been strengthened within me, Greg, for all these years. This, 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 this entire commitment and preparation to make change a reality in my own life, uh, that wouldn't have been so rock solid or serious had I not been in the profession of facilitation. So, so I hope that answers your question. Uh, and in terms of on a, on a temperamental and on a behavioral level, uh, when I look back at my younger self, uh, there've been plenty of things which I can relate to. You know, one, one is uh, embracing silence, for example. Uh, initially, the younger me, there was this huge desire to go ahead and fill in the conversation, complete people's thoughts, complete people's sentences, right? That doesn't happen so much now in the present, right? Uh, initially or earlier on, it used to be that uh, I used to more listen to answer, not listen to understand or listen to empathize. That shift is far more uh, evident for me today. Um, 
another kind of shift was uh, being able to differentiate between the barriers of the mind versus barriers of the heart you know uh, a lot of a lot of times people confuse when they hit a roadblock or when they meet a reversal uh, the confusion happens between uh, is it a mind challenge is it a heart challenge uh, that that perception or the discernment as an ability has grown stronger in me with 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 years of facilitation uh then things around the concept of flexibility of will if you may you know initially earlier on the younger me there used to be a very black and white understanding of this thing called will as in you put in your entire might behind the thing till the time it happens right no matter what the costs might be uh, as with facilitation and with time i have learned that there's a very important nuance to that will which is its dynamicity its flexibility uh, how do you know when when what is enough and what is uh, when do you know how to surrender so all these aspects around let's say will has become far more clearer to me since i began so so all of these like i said it's a work in progress this entire science of facilitation if you will is actually a work in progress right uh, no change is lasting like 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 they say right no no change is lasting and no change is uh, final we we are forever learning right so those are some of the behavioral or temperamental things which come to my mind which have uh, helped me as with time uh, facilitating various groups then a higher degree of uh, acceptance of the present is another huge learning for me when it comes to facilitation acceptance of the present is how do you stay rooted in the presence and try to bring your sensing abilities to what wants to emerge in that moment right i mean there's there's initially the younger me again was very fixed in terms of planning something and executing something in a very linear logical sequential way right uh, that as a that as a attribute or behavior has softened over a period of time now now the now i do have a plan there is a certain amount of thought in terms of approach in terms of an execution timeline and all all of that exists but what has also come is the ability to be alive to the present for uh, true creativity to come through you know not being so adamant on or putting on your blinders and just following a preconceived path uh, so 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 that's another mm, example of how facilitation has has uh, changed me again but that, but that's enough about me i guess but because uh, you know every 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 single day that we go through there there are so many various aspects which get unearthed right when we take these classes or when we work one on one or when we work with groups uh, we mm, there, there are so many intangibles there are so many um ephemeral uh ineffable things which is very difficult to pinpoint right i call them the spiritual aspect of uh, uh, facilitation mm. i mean there are plenty of books the plenty of things around the tips and tricks of facilitation or the various best practices mm-hmm. and 
I'm probably not the best person to talk on them because the, those have never been my primary area of interest when it comes to facilitation. Mm-hmm. My primary area has always been the spiritual aspect around facilitation. How does it make you fundamentally a better person or a stronger person or a wiser person? And so the more that I have spent time around this practice, I have, I have uh, understood that uh, uh, the spiritual aspects are some things which which liberate you even outside the classroom, mm-hmm. even outside the session. They, they are far more applicable in your family life and your non-professional life. And as you interact with, uh, uh, you know, non-colleagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that for me becomes far more important because, you know, we have this huge, this is my work and that is my life divide. Mm-hmm. And unless our, our ability to help people make a change when they cross over from the office to the home, if it's not that potent, if it's, that, if it's not that effective, then I'm not so sure if it's change deep enough, if it's change sustainable enough. And depth and sustainability are some things which come uh, to my mind when you consider the aspects of the uh, spiritual aspects, if you will, the, 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 the metaphysical aspects, if you right. will. Um, so when it comes to all those aspects, uh, my learning has been that uh, when we used to step into these group classes or group sessions, mm-hmm. you know, this first, how do you observe human behavior? You observe human behavior, uh, let's say you begin a session, you get all this excitement and eager people wanting to learn and it's, it's day one, it's hour one. And these are diverse group of people. Some of them know each other in the room, but most of them don't know each other in the room. Everybody wants to be seen as a eager learner, if you will. Mm-hmm. But what happens immediately in the first hour is a lot of download happens when you do those typical introductions, for example, when you do those typical icebreaker sessions, if you will. You find a very downloading behavior, meaning they're operating from the past. They're very, very conscious about the kind of image or the kind of a mask that each one of us has. And that's what we want to project, right? So the first order of the day is observe. So when you observe, when people observe over a period of time, you find this downloading behavior start to wear off, you know, probably in the in the first few hours, something. Thereafter, when you start to talk about the deeper aspects, let's say you're doing a technical session on some uh, leadership skills or behavioral skills or time management skills or, or any kind of a module for that matter, the, the, the dynamic of the participation changes. After a certain while, you will find that the download behavior mm. is less and the debate behavior comes in. Debate as in uh, there's a certain amount of roughness. There's a certain amount of... Uh, uh, combativeness you know so so you'll find that a few people in the group will start to demonstrate certain amount of debating behaviors Mm -hmm. Uh, then from download then you'll find a lot of people dropping off and a few in the group by virtue of either their hierarchy in the organization or by virtue of their personality or their articulation abilities no matter what the the factor might be, you will find them debating, right? So then you will find after a certain amount of time, as you progress deeper, you will find uh, from from debate, 
the the germans have a word for it in fact not a single word i mean the word in english is magic moment in in german it's called magistra artem mm-hmm. uh, i i hope that's correct magistra artem if my memory serves me right so these are this, this is magic moments so what i'm essentially trying to say if a facilitator uh, knows his craft well Uh, if he is prepared well for it because i believe it's usually a one is to two kind of a ratio so for each hour that you spend facilitating you've got to spend two hours for preparing you know mm. uh, and 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 uh, so it, so at deeper levels of conversation from debate um the the next level if a magic moment were to happen uh, will be dialogue dialogue is reflective behavior you will find people pausing more you will find people not cutting the other guy debate is a very combative activity debate is i'm wrong uh, i'm right you're wrong right uh, it presumes that we both can't win debate wins that the winner takes all right mm. so but when you go down a level deeper if a magic moment happens then you will find far more dialoguing which starts to happen which is a reflective behavior you will find people stopping and checking and uh, checking for assumptions uh, and uh, which is a far more product productive activity right so in facilitation you will find these kind of stages coming 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 yeah, yeah. <clears throat> after if you really go down see these see so, so the important important point between debate and uh, dialogue is you've got to create as a facilitator you've got to create a circle of safety that's very important yeah if a person doesn't feel safe he will he or she will not dialogue he will he will he will debate he will he or she will say his piece and depending on the response that he or she he receives he may either shut off or he may get more aggressive mm-hmm. or he may may get more uh, energetic right or more enthusiastic yeah. but what happens is in a, in a debate you will have energy spilling off right but in a dialogue the energies work inwards and when it works inwards as a facilitator you've got to be very observant very very tuned into the moment to understand how do i create a circle of safety because if a circle of safety starts to happen you will find more and more participants slipping into the dialoguing process right dialoguing is the art of thinking together uh, so so there is a there is a far more emphasis on trying to understand what the other guy wants to say even if he or she can't use the language or find the words right i i just want to catch this kinship because you've given us something extremely nice and potent and something that we can use it's it's like a stages in facilitation stages of sure. the workshop but from a facil- not from a design perspective but sure. from a facilitation perspective so what i hear you say is what you're first calling the download um and then you're going into debate and i just want just wanted to summarize it well for our listeners and i think there's a huge takeaway here so you go from download where people are you know coming in to the present by bringing their past by bringing their masks and um post which you're getting into a little bit of a debate kind of a phase um and then uh, i've so i've added my word to this thing it's a sign up moment where you either have people signing up or some people signing up to what you're saying and perhaps other others dropping off and then uh, magistra art i'm going to check that one out uh, please sure, magic sure. moment i'm going to check the pronunciation on the magic moment and finally giving rise to 
dialogue. So I think that's the um, entire you know circle that. Uh, there's the, 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 there's actually a couple of steps more. Okay. So, but but you're right. So 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 the important thing as a facilitator to understand is uh, between download and uh, debate, you will have the forces of resistance coming from your mind, from your brain. You speak so you have to respond in, the, uh, yeah uh, 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 as a facilitator if you observe people uh, do not come down to debate if their preconceived ideas or their mind or the logical mm -hmm. system per se uh, blocks them mm -hmm. so you've got to respond accordingly the, so can you give us an example of what according means so you're saying as a facilitator i can feel this as you say there is sure. resistance uh, the moment somebody challenges you on that first little while is perhaps the toughest sometimes establishing sure, your sure. cred. Uh, so how, how do you, uh, so, you so, so, you moment, so how do you do that? Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. So, so prima facie, you address the same system from which the resistance comes from. So if a person is stuck and you can clearly see the stuckness is happening because of voices of judgment, Mm -hmm. judgment which is a very mental process it's not a hard process it's a mental process mm -hmm. so if you have to untangle that person's resistance or his block or his barrier you've got to engage with him at a mind at, at a brain at a logical level mm -hmm. and so no matter as to what the debate so no matter what the what the stalemate might be it's important to understand if the person's talking from his mind or from his heart most likely in most events in that stage he will be blocked by his mental processes because he's seen the way in a certain way his worldview is a very separate from from yours mm. that's why he's downloading that's why he's, he's he's repeating all that he has learned through years of seeing and 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 observing there's nothing right or wrong it's only his 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 pov is his pov against your pov so 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 the voices will be more of reason of rationale and you've got to untangle them if that's what the requirement of the moment is, you've got to entangle them from a reason and a rational point of view. But from, from, from debate to downwards to dialogue, that magic moment happens if the heart opens. Mm, yeah. If a person uses his heart and if he or she gives that permission, if first, first of all, it will only happen if there's a circle of safety. Right. Because heart means vulnerability. You're talking about sensitivities. You're talking about far more softer aspects, far more intangible aspects, far more fleeting aspects. See, ideas... You're, you're giving us so much. I just want to go back a little bit and sure. say somebody's stuck. Sorry to uh, bump in there. No, uh, somebody's stuck. Sure. And you're saying you need to go into, you know, where that person is coming from. Uh, I would imagine doesn't happen by too much of tell, right? It would happen by uh, a lot of ask. And I'm, I'm going to give an example, but first I'm going to give you a question. I'm going to come back to the question, uh, give you some time to um, uh, think about it. Uh, you know, my question is, so are there any powerful um, questions that you can use through cut through that to really get into that person's skin. For me, for example, I'll, I'll give you something that happened recently. Um, I was in a, <clears throat> I was in a leadership workshop, just COVID's there, but it has opened up a little bit and uh, we were tucked away in the hills. And um, after the workshop, there's this gentleman comes up to me and says, um, 
Greg, do you think it's important to cultivate humility, right? Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. as out there as that. And, you know, everything in me said, you know, to respond very quickly and say, hey, are you kidding me? Or of course it is important or give five examples. And, you know, all that's happening at the back of my head and saying, you know, so one part of me is saying, what a stupid fellow. The other part saying, okay, prove him wrong or prove it, prove the point that you're trying to make, right? And what I said uh, was, what I asked him was, it was actually a question, I didn't say anything. What I asked him was, why is that question important for you? You know, and right then and there, um, what like, you, like you're nicely expi- explaining, whatever is happening inside that guy's head just came rushing forth. He, he, you know, he untangled that ball of wool himself. Do you know where he's coming from? And he's sure, in sure. knots, he untangled it. But I'm saying that came from <clears throat> um, a good powerful question. A, of course, recognizing that all of this is happening in my head and what the hell do I want to do with this? And then uh, be there for that person, of course, uh, but also a powerful question. So could you give us, maybe could you help the audience uh, with a, something that's worked for you? Mm-hmm. So, uh, these, these are very, I mean, the example that, that you just gave is a very powerful example of a delayering question, right? You're delayering it. Mm. And uh, all these questions are important, like the very one that you just said. Uh, why is it important for you? Or what do you think, uh, you know, any questions which can which can delayer the other person's assumptions mm-hmm. is a great one to start. Yeah. Why do you say that? Or, or what makes you say that? Or uh, has anything happened in your past that makes you say that? You know, anything which delayers a person. Mm-hmm. Because the idea is to go down even further down. See, right now, uh, like I said, uh, downloading to debate is essentially a characteristic when the mind is not open, mm-hmm. primarily. If through delaying techniques, if through reflecting techniques, if through questions which open up the person, Mm-hmm. a magic moment were to happen, he or she will come down to the dialoguing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And the dialoguing aspect is essentially an exercising of opening the heart. Mm-hmm. And then once you go down even further down, you go down to a very sacred space mm-hmm. in which you will get into a sensing moment. Sensing moment meaning the, the group or a one-on-one, he or she will get a palpable sense of the here and the now, right. which is a will, which is an opening of the will moment. Are you saying from dialogue to sacred space? Is you... dialogue to yeah? I mean, from dialogue to something called sensing. The the the, the verb it's a it's an active verb. Mm-hmm. So sensing means uh, you are present in the here and now. You're very rooted, and you're also trying to figure out what new wants to emerge out of you in that moment. It's a very creative process. So hence, it's a very okay. sacred process. Yeah. So, so, so the minds have to be open and the hearts have to be open for the will to be open. Because at the end of the day, uh, once a person sees, sees a new aspect of his or her problem as to what his challenge is primarily, with his own eyes per se, right. the same person can then sense the solution of the answer to his challenge. Right. And for that penny drop moment to happen, right. the shift has to move from a safety into a sacred space. Wherein, wherein uh, what happens is, uh, first the voices of, if you look at the iceberg model, you will first see the voices of judgment stopping a conversation. Mm-hmm. Then you will find the voices of cynicism mm-hmm. stopping the process. Mm-hmm. And then if, even if you go down even more further, you will find the voices of system 
stopping the process mm-hmm. meaning the voice of system meaning uh, all the experiences that a person has had over a period of time in his life uh, are like gravity they suck him down so so when i'm talking about system i'm talking about his value system his belief system uh, all those nuances that he has lived through that he or she has lived through right from when he was a child so I'm that think- is the Yes. Sorry. So I'm thinking this is a great way of constructing a questioning technique. Uh, so one, if there's some more reading on de-layering techniques, uh, would love to hear it. And as you speak, sure. I'm just thinking to myself, uh, judgment, cynicism, values. This is where people are operating out of, right? True. Um, True. As as reading this off of a non-violent communication um, video, that anything that we do in this world. comes from one word and that is a need right and around that need we've been conditioned taught whatever to operate out of judgments operate out of good and bad and shouldn't should not and so on and so forth so what i hear you say is you know something similar we people are operating out of judgment or cynicism or values and i'm just thinking if we've set up some kind of a context like this saying this is where you operate out of up front and then as the workshop progresses uh and you're hitting a point of debate um it could be interesting to inquire into a person's mind by saying okay we're going to come to that um but where is it that that question is coming from is it coming from a closely held um something that you're taught at a very early age is it coming from something you've read is it coming from an experience is it coming from cynicism you know and if you're setting up the whole vulnerability thing so what do you say to this does this seem to resonate work from your experience see see it does it does see, as as the 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 one skill which which most facilitators start to grow like a muscle mm. is the ability to delayer intent in a person's mm. conversation that intent seeking behavior yeah. mm-hmm. is absolutely critical for for a facilitator very well so as you as you talk to more and more people over a period of time uh, it's so we know intuitively as to where the guy is coming from so you will know either if it's judgment which means his 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 mind is at play his brain his logic processes rational reason if you find uh, that a person is just unwilling because there's certain amount of cynicism in his voice which is both a quality of tone a quality of articulation a quality of the usage of words and all of that then you know it's a heart issue that he or she is unwilling to open his heart because he or she has been pained before there's been some kind of a story there right so uh, intent is paramount intent is paramount and, and and how do you do that so so it's a constant mirroring techniques that we are that we all learn in in facilitation right uh, over a period of time as the workshop progresses uh, in your body language in your behavior in your engagement uh, as you as a facilitator start to immerse yourself in that moment mm-hmm. you will find the participants also doing that to a certain extent 
you know yeah. that's the m- magic of mirror okay. see mask mask gives you masks mirrors gives you mirrors yeah uh, so it depends as to what level of vulnerability do you also as a facilitator wants to immerse your own self right uh, it always begins first the right. first step has to come from the facilitator right and then over a period of time you've got to, you've got to, it's like jazz I, I, i would want to say it as jazz we don't know if you see this group of musicians who 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 combine together they themselves don't know which which instrument is going to take the lead a second mm-hmm. later right they are they're performing at a high degree of intuitiveness yeah now how does it happen nobody's got a science behind it mm-hmm. is it, it's 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 sheer practice it's sheer passion towards their craft yeah. and they are beyond a state of blame or they are beyond a state of even reason for that matter right i'm talking about the jazz guys yeah. it's a very similar process a very very similar process here uh, also because the point i'm trying to make here is unless we reach that that mm-hmm. that point at the uh, bottom which is uh, sensing mm-hmm. wherein the person sees the problem and sees a solution in a single sh- snapshot mm-hmm. the change will not start to happen yeah because what see what i'm saying is you got the mind and then you got the heart and then you got the will right so unless you we make that journey to that point the penny drop moment right there's no there's no way of coming up then because if if i go back from the session just repeating my same problems that uh, i procrastinate or i say uh, i i just can't give up smoking or if i go back and say i just can't do the skill i'm very poor at delegation for example mm-hmm. or 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 if i say that uh, i'm not an empathetic manager or or whatever my my challenge might be if i go back after the session repeating the same problems or the problem statements not even knowing that the solution does exist in me not mm-hmm. even having seen the solution with my mental eyes then change is not going to happen right the results going to be fine you'll eat fine you'll drink fine you'll make a lot of friends you will do networking you will write all those affirmation statements you will make accountability partners all that song and dance is going to happen mm-hmm. but the next monday almost nothing is going to change that is right because the person hasn't sensed sensed his solution his his, his key because unless you see the Mm-hmm. the the reason why the block has been happening in in, in me mm-hmm. there is nothing that the will can change what will the will change so 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 what, what what needs to happen is that degree of vulnerability that degree of sacredness has to be sacredness yes present present in the space yeah uh, otherwise you will not have the creative forces of the universe cooperating in that moment i see see i'm i'm in the business of writing uh, why do why do all those millions of writers successful writers or unsuccessful writers why is it their number one tip you ask a salman rushdie you ask a ernest hemingway they always say the only commitment the writer has mm-hmm. is to sit and write mm-hmm. uh rest everything about the grammar the craft the style the mechanics the practices can wait but the point is get up in the morning and like any other job go to your desk open up your laptop or your pen and paper and pencil and write because because that's the number one rule if you're a writer you write yeah. and you will find this because that's how the universe cooperates with you yeah 
That's a great takeaway for me, actually. And I'm struggling. So I've got John McPhee's fourth draft on my table, trying to read through that, that stuff. I'm struggling with structure, mechanics. How do you write? And, and then I just start writing and all that's forgotten. And, I, and I'm wondering how the hell am I going to write? How am I going to remember all those things? So yeah, you're speaking to that very kindly. Thank you for that. And uh, in short, there's, there's, a, there's a hundred places I could go from here. I just have two questions. Um, sure for you so one is um you've mentioned safe place and i think that's extremely important so google as you would know did this project i think it's called the aristotle project i may be wrong where um they threw huge dollars lots and lots of dollars at finding out what makes great teams great teams and at the end of it what they came out with um, not IQ, uh, not, not uh, diversity, yes, but not as much. But one of the things that emerged head and shoulders above everything else was psychological safety. So, mm. True. Now, true. Uh, I hear you say that. I also hear you use another term, sacredness. So sure. very quickly, if you could just help us, is there a difference? Could you delineate the two for us? That would be nice. So, so, so sure. See, the point is, uh, safe is primarily how do you bring inclusion? How do you how do you unleash the forces of inclusivity in that group in that session in that mm -hmm. class? Mm -hmm. Now, you do inclusivity by various techniques. You could have, you could use humor. You could you, you could use uh, various kind of physical activities. You could play games. All of that. But over a period of time, the idea is to include people's best parts mm. in the conversation you know so safety means see no matter no matter what flaws weaknesses limitations i might have it's my commitment to bring the best part of me to the session to the group so once you sense that once you sense that in the group happening that people are willfully respecting other people's spaces and and privacy you will know that the space is getting more and more safe. Right. Uh, I could tell you a lot of other techniques, but then this is, it'll take a lot of time, right? But all I'm trying to say is the, the texture is, I'm willing to bring the best part of me to the discussion here and now, mm -hmm. which will mean I would want to be treated the same way that I'm going to treat you and vice versa. It's as simple as that. It, it is just respect for the other person's space and presence it, it, it's a it's a great um, affirmation of acceptance so 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 you will get this you will get this when the space starts to get safe and safe psychological safety like like you rightly pointed out right secretness is, is even more deeper mm -hmm. wherein you will find some of the measures uh, of far deeper relaxation in the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, safe will be a person making efforts to tune in, to, 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 to uh, understand as to where the other person is coming from, check for assumptions, realign his or her own priorities and all of that. That's, that, that's safety. But as that thing deepens, what happens is uh, mm -hmm. the sacred space, the, the one 
the effort goes down. It's far more effortless tuning which happens, one. And two, far more important is the attention leaves the other person and goes to the space itself. What wow. is the space trying to tell me? What is the forces of the universe or the energy trying to tell me? What is the creative aliveness in the space telling me? It's a deeper form of meditation, if you will. So that space is sacred. So unless you get down to that space, which is very sacred, yeah. you will not be able to see the solution to your problem. So, so, so see, these are very, very gradual moving moments. So in a uh, sense, if I may, in a sense, what I hear you say is when you're approaching safety, safety has got a lot to do with respect. Uh, respecting my own self, uh, having a little bit of, or a lot bit of compassion for my flaws. And in spite of the flaws, bringing my best uh, to the space and feeling safe to do that. Also respecting the other person doing that, right? Um, recognizing that the other person also mirroring. It's like a mirror. Other person's also got that and bringing that Absolutely. Absolutely. and checking for assumptions. These are some good indicators that, you're, you're, that you've actually given us and uh, the viewers of this. So checking for some uh, assumptions and looking out for assumptions and training your brain to say, oh, hold on a second. What you just said, let's roll back. Was there an assumption in that? Was there a judgment in that? Do you want to reframe that? Do you want to rephrase that? Do you want to inject? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So that's your safety. And we can go get some more parameters in there, but broadly, that's your safety. Now, when you move from there and say, so two things as you were talking came, came to my mind. One, the effort kind of goes down. You're more tuned. Uh, you use the example of jazz a little while back. So you're more tuned into the space. Somewhere it strikes a chord with me. You didn't say it as much, I'm sure. Let me know if this is also where you're coming from. It is also, so there is empathy for self, empathy for other, but now you got empathy self, you got empathy for other. Now you got empathy for the space, you know? Absolutely. And that's, that's a whole different piece. It's like when you go into a, a, a holy place, you know, uh, irrespective of whichever religion you're from, you feel that because there's that empathy, that respect for that place. That place got power, so many people. Absolutely. You, you, you actually nailed it very well. It's empathy for the space. Like, like the primary engagement moves from the person onto the space itself because that's the sacred space in which your problems have hit a fertile ground right. and the answers will come out of that space itself. Are you listening strong enough? Because see, that's the point uh, where the will has to be unleashed. The will can only be unleashed when... Uh, when you see the solution and when the group together see the solution. Mm -hmm. See, Greg, this process becomes extremely powerful for group sessions, mm -hmm. wherein you're working with the C-suite in a company, for example, mm -hmm. and they're grappling with some serious existential questions for the company itself. Right. These are questions of sales and revenue and new products and business growth and all of that. And they, as a group, have been wanting to make a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. So so, so at, at this stage, typically what I found is these C-suite start to engage at a, such a deep level of uh, heart and mind mm -hmm. uh, that they make breakthroughs which they knew they had inside of themselves come out mm -hmm. together. 
so so this this process per se works extremely well if there's a common challenge if there's a common problem that the group is facing right uh, i mean it, it works equally well for a one on one kind of a thing but what i'm trying to say is uh, this this entire notion of this circle of sanctity uh, this fertile ground works very well if you got a 3 4 5 inner circle of people brainstorming or working through a particularly uh, recalcitrant problem hard nosed left brain absolutely hard nosed left brain all of that all of that it's the right brain that also gets you through um, absolutely absolutely interesting and because from because because after this stage what starts to happen is when you start to glimpse the solution you will start to have ideas around that vision that you all saw together and right. from there on you'll crystallize ideas new ideas and then you'll get on to the prototyping stage you'll try and experiment with these ideas you'll mm-hmm. put them on on the ground on the ground maybe in a sandbox environment and from the prototyping you will get some far more new strategies to uh, mainstream you know what mm-hmm. i'm trying to say mm-hmm. so 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 that so we just talking about the glimpsing of the solution and then thereafter the ideating etc etc starts to happen interesting you've you've left me with some thoughts you've left me with some questions i i just want to ask you so many techniques you spoke of techniques and maybe uh we we, we could talk separately on techniques for all each of these stages let's, let's because because, because because if you get down to them they get yeah. far more detailed okay. one and two these aren't cookie cutter these, these cookie shouldn't cutter. be cookie cookie cutter Yeah. we should all step into the classroom like i said prepare like it's a one is to two ratio so for every group that i should talk to has to be far mm-hmm. more tuned into their professionals their the background we should do a lot of lot of leadership questionnaires we used to ask a lot of personal data even before these guys used to step into the classroom one two we used to spend enough amount of time irrespective of our own business understanding we used to make the attempt to understand their business uh, landscape per se mm-hmm. so our questionnaires used to capture their 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 hard nose problem in in detail even mm. before we began right so we used to have preliminary interviews with them even before the session right. so so all that is part of the preparation right uh, and thereafter we used to go what and I have what i say, say is connecting two dots what you said right now what you said earlier on is that it's kind of like a tightrope walk between preparation structure going deeper and then when you're there on the stage with your instrument you know going back to the jazz metaphor you're also emergent and letting all that preparation in a sense be or go you know as with what comes up it's a little perhaps it's a little advanced i don't know if i want to box it into that and i'm leaving it up to the viewers to Uh, you know label it or not but to me yes it takes some a while to do that um kinchuk i also want to say that i want to explore some of these later on the show next you know keep them going for uh, subsequent shows and maybe we can just do some small little building blocks of this is there's lots of stuff which people could benefit from sure, um, sure. Uh, final final piece is that um 2003 i remember you you used to read about a book a week and judging from the books at the back of you i think that's gone up all right so uh um we've spoken about a lot of stuff um what are a few books uh, you would recommend 
to a facilitator um, to really up her or his game, um, you know, whether it's so, in the spiritual space or mm -hmm. empathy or making it safe. Uh, yeah. So, Greg, there's an ocean of it there. Yeah, there's an ocean. I mean, some of the ones that have really influenced me, I've just pulled them out for this. So before, uh, there's an entire series by this Vietnamese Buddhist monk, right? Mm -hmm. uh, name to pronounce, Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh, yeah. Thich Nhat Hanh. Yeah. And he does these very tiny, tiny six inches by six inches kind of books, how to sit, how to talk. These are very 20, 40 pages kind of books, okay? Uh, and they have deep spiritual exercises in them, but extremely simple. It's extremely mm -hmm. applicable to present day life. So mm -hmm. this is an entire series, how to, how to love, how to sit, how to think. It may look uh, second nature. We are humans and we take these sort of things for granted. Is That's this series great... called something? Sorry, is it called? Something? Uh, it's a how to something. It's a, okay. it's a how to, yeah, yeah, how to think and how to sleep yeah. and how to talk. Yeah. Tiny books. These are pocket books, tiny books. And great for rooting yourself in the here and now. Like I said, the best facilitators um, have to have that enormous ability to be able to tune in and root in. Mm. Uh, just a second nature. It has to be absolute second nature. So to that extent, uh, it should be very meditative. Yeah. Uh, so it requires a very high degree of self-awareness, absolutely. It requires a very high degree of self-regulation, absolutely. Yeah. It requires a very high degree of uh, being, being extremely uh, soft as clay, mm -hmm. being absolutely empty. Mm -hmm. So all of that as a meditative practices are very well served by these books, at least for me, they have been uh, books on meditation by a variety of Eastern scholars, by Western scholars. So before you um, go ahead, sorry, I just want to, I, I Googled it up very quickly and I found that it's called the five best-selling handbooks of Thich Nhat Hans. Okay. Uh, here's the name: Mindfulness Essentials series. I'll repeat that: uh, Thich yeah, Nhat Han, yeah. uh, Mindfulness Essentials series. How to sit, how to eat, how to walk, how to love, and how to relax. These are five. So there you go. Books, yeah. Very. See, the, the the point is like I like we began by speaking. We're in the business of change. Mm -hmm. So. If a facilitator is not a living, breathing example of change himself or herself, mm -hmm. then you're losing a very huge opportunity. Right. You know, uh, you're losing a very huge opportunity to influence people mm -hmm. in that space in those three days or in those two days that you that, that you conducted. Right. Right. Uh, so Pema Chodron, Pema mm -hmm. Chodron is is another very uh, very celebrated Buddhist. Uh, she is a woman. She writes extremely simply. Uh, again, very, very complex, abstract things brought to life in a very matter-of-fact way. Beautiful. Uh, Pema Chodron writes, uh, anything that you pick, pick up on Pema Chodron, similar flavor, similar nature. Yeah. Uh, I would she's, definitely, um, definitely uh, she's recommend She's a nice uh, series uh, with Oprah, uh, Soul Sunday series uh, with Oprah. Yes. And, uh, I think so, I've heard about it. Yeah. Uh, and there's a nice book called uh, Welcoming the Unwelcome. It's Welcome, a small, thin yeah. book. So that's uh, amazing. I've, I, I just finished it uh, a couple of weeks back. So yeah, fantastic. So, so for me, excellent book. Excellent book. Yeah. So for me, uh, books by Shunryu Suzuki. Okay. Uh, 
the zen master uh, books by dt suzuki another zen master uh, books books by alan watts alan watts alan watts absolutely alan watts so so any person who's in the business of meditation reflection mm-hmm. transcendental meditation even even some of the hindu scholars for that matter some some some, some christian theologians theologians hindu scholar uh, uh, you will have a book called i am that i am that is written by uh, i have it here the it's a very famous uh, uh, i mean the book's title is i am that mm-hmm. and uh, it's a question and answer faq the entire book's an faq Mm-hmm. it talks about mind talks about heart it talks about soul it talks about human action free will destiny oh. so 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 see the, the point is facilitation is fundamentally about self knowledge self awareness and self regulation mm-hmm. these three and this is these are lifelong practices and these aren't so much theory they are more practices right mm-hmm. so as a facilitator if we imbibe these kind of practices every single day of our lives we will definitely be far better facilitators because because these are the basics these are the basic building blocks right uh, and and no matter what technical area that you may be facilitating uh, the building block are these three for example so 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 uh, these are some of the books i can give you an entire list later you can post it some place yes yes that but be these nice. will be easily eastern or western texts around mindfulness primarily mindfulness I will give you what twenty-five, thirty, or titles. Oh, lovely! That that'll be good. That'll sure, be sure, sure, sure. I am that is by Nisarga. Nisarga Dattam Maharaj, correct? Yes. Correct. Uh, thanks for the pronunciation. I am that Nisarga Dattam Maharaj, and, uh, and Alan Watts has got a, a lots and lots of lots and um, his his videos his on YouTube. There you go. Absolutely. I love. I, I began. I discovered him through the book he named the book. That's the name of the book. The book, and there therein he challenges our. I mean, he spent his entire life challenging assumptions, challenging our love and attachment with reality, the way we see it. Uh, that was his life's work. He was a Zen monk. He again came back yeah. to England. He was an artist himself. All of that. So yeah. So 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 I can give you the entire list for you to definitely post. Yeah. Right. Apart from that, you know, uh, if you want to talk about, I, I've been a huge, uh, huge learner of systems thinking, of um, how 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 um, quantum mechanics influences uh, human thinking so mm. so any books by david bohm for example we remember we when i used to talk about david bohm oh yes 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 15 18 years back yeah. so uh, thought as a system david bohm i'll definitely recommend there's What a fantastic is. book called dialogue by walter by, by william bohm. isaacs yeah. yes yeah. yes 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 Then, then this there's this lovely book called From Being to Doing by Humberto R. Maturana, mm-hmm. and that's another book around. Uh, these are all books around uh, system thinking, yeah. organizational design. These are all around. If I mean, they they all begin from the premises. The more that we look closely at our own thinking, mm-hmm. and perceiving mm-hmm. the world through thinking as a discipline, the more that we are in command of the change we want to bring in. I mean that's the basic premise for all of these basically. Absolutely. Then the, the, there are books by Margaret Wheatley. Margaret Wheatley. Uh, Wheatley like uh, wheat. Monday Tuesday. Wheat. Oh, wheat the the crop. Wheatley. Wheatley. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so she's got a couple of books her one book that i have read and i've always liked is called a simpler way a simpler way margaret a simpler way yeah and uh, you've got the fifth discipline by peter senje uh, and uh, that's again a very powerful mm, very powerful book yeah it's a complicated as hell book <laughs> it's complicated as hell. So, so, so 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 the trick is to just read bits and pieces which which talk to you yeah, for that moment really. that's true yeah so i mean depending as to where your interests have lain you know over a period of years yeah mm, but for me uh, i don't know books of uh, like i said philosophy psychology philosophy mindfulness anything which i can apply yeah you know just not for the for the sheer joy and the pleasure of finding another person's mind um, that that's definitely a great high but the material by itself has to be very usable mm. Mm, usable in your line of work that's very important for me so 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 all of these have uh, enormously helped me and then you've got uh, obviously theory theory u otto sharma mm-hmm. uh, a very new way of he says how do you manage the how do you create a future reality by immersing yourself in it that's mm-hmm. what he said how do you emerge yourself with the future which is wanting to come out of you in that moment uh, so yeah. so sunada so theory that. you or or auto sharma and uh, i mean i think i think loads, training loads. programs around that as well but i got to read the u theory there is there are training programs yes yeah. they have facilitation sessions and classes and all of that yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely good good i'll wait for that list and i'll put it up um, and uh, i'm going to put it up on my Uh, we do that there's, there's one more which talks about the the cognitive sciences and human experiences it's called the embodied mind mm-hmm. by this guy called francisco j varela okay francisco j varela francis yeah the embodied mind okay j varela okay so yeah i mean i mean the, these are guys who are essentially uh, trying to decipher or demystify the human experience themselves mm-hmm. they're trying to tell us uh, if we can change our experience mm-hmm. then we can then we get the handle on change themselves mm-hmm. the kind of stories that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. as we go through life uh, those stay, those are the same stories which shape us right yeah so if we can change the the stories that we tell us uh, right. we will be able to master change yeah again and how do you do it you do do it through um, understanding what makes up human experience absolutely so so all of that and just going back to what you said in the training room actually when there is debate actually getting a person to reflect on what story is what that person is saying coming uh, from that's a good sure. 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 Uh, inquiry question good kinchuk it's it's been so nice talking to you um and after a Great. long time and looking forward to doing a few if not many more absolutely i mean i mean the next time around if we do you know decide on a certain area that we want to yeah. deep dive in terms of the practice of let's say moving yeah. people from download to debate from debate oh, yeah. uh, sorry from yeah from debate to dialogue and even further down we could we could delve into it uh, specifically yeah? Oh that would be super super looking forward to that kinjo sure sure yeah. so hopefully I, this helps the listeners yeah hopefully it helps the viewers 
because uh, I mean we 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 learn every day, don't we? And uh, I'm I'm yeah, I mean the, the absolutely the, the beauty of facilitation lies in its uh, generosity. Yeah. Uh, it is probably see I've, I've I've worked as various capacities across my I was I began life I mean began professional life working for the Indian Navy, very different. Kind of a life, and then I worked in corporates, and I became an entrepreneur. Now I'm a full-time writer, so I've had the privilege of working with different kinds of groups and uh, uh, ecosystems, if you will. But facilitation stands out because it's a it's a discipline which is absolutely embedded in generosity. Meaning, mm-hmm. meaning, you can never tell what deep insight, what deep thought, or what deep nuance can come to you from anywhere at any moment. Right. I mean, and and it comes from a space of sheer generosity. Yeah, uh, that's the bit that really I I really loved, you know. So irrespective of you're managing very senior people or you are talking to absolute new joiners in a company, we've got so much of collective wisdom. And facilitation as a discipline just unlocks those pearls of wisdom, and they just come to you if you are observant enough, if you are rooted enough, if you are still enough. Uh, that's the part about facilitation which excites me the most. All these years, you know, all these years. So Un- unlocking the group wisdom—that's that's an amazing piece to close with. Um, sure, sure. Thank you for making time, Kinshuk. Um, you have to be yeah. safe, take care, and looking forward to next time. Absolutely, Greg. All the very best. This is a great, great initiative. I hope you get plenty of all uh, other facilitators. Yeah. I'm going to tune in and I'm going to be watching for the next drops that you make on your podcast and uh, all the very best. Yeah. All the very Thank best. you. Thank you. Kinshu.